Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. We are going to be chatting to Stephen Kruch, who is the director of uh, cybersecurity at Pro Performanta. And this time of the year, everyone is going on holiday. Uh, people are wanting to to just relax, but crime doesn't take a holiday, and especially cybercrime has become far more prevalent. So we're going to be chatting to him and finding how how can you secure yourself uh, yourself against cybercrime in uh, in in the holiday season and year round? Because I think that as we've had more of a digital age, uh, it's it's more likely that you can be a victim of of the of these crimes. So. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being with us on the new Blue Review. Thanks, Benji. Great to be here. Well, Stephen, starting us off, uh, you know, before we get to sort of the, the festive season in particular, you know, we, we when I when I was growing up as a kid, you know, you would get your new computer and you would get new antivirus software. That was always the first thing that you did when it came to securing yourself. And I, I kind of feel like. These days with smartphones, we've kind of forgotten that a little bit because people don't think about doing things like upgrading their phones for, for, for virus security. But is your phone as vulnerable as your computer in the same way as we used to do that? Well, you know, the idea is that the, the phone should be a lot more secure than a PC. But I think in reality that proves, you know, not always to be the case. Um, with with phones, you know, you download apps and every little app runs in its own container. But, you know, we still end up with malware on our phones. So, you know, a lot of uh, people will go and download things from like the Google Play Store or apps from the Google Play Store. And, you know, what cyber criminals are doing is they're, they're hijacking legitimate applications um, and they, you know, basically create a copy of them and install their malware inside of that application, publish it on something like the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, and uh, Google and Apple miss those, you know, that malware. Um, not in every case, but in some cases it slips through, and then you end up with, you know, half a million people installing an application that in the background is, is trying to steal their information. Right, so that's maybe the first thing that you need to think about then when we talk about the cybercrime. You know, we, talk, we th- normally think about people stealing money and, uh, credit card details, and we'll get into some of that. But but that's the first thing is just to be careful what kind of apps you download. Yeah, absolutely. So you you know you've got to look at uh, uh, you know the reputation of these applications. Um, it, you know it's difficult in some cases because you know you don't want to be downloading an application that has only been downloaded by you know five thousand or ten thousand or fifty thousand other users, unless it's something that you know is specific to South Africa. And so you're not expecting, you know, millions of people to download it. But there is a bit of security in, in following the herd, as it were, and, you know, looking at the number of downloads and, and picking apps that have been downloaded many, many times and uh, and going with those. Another thing to, to look at also is the uh, permissions on the application. So, you know, if you do that, quite often you'll be shocked to see that applications that have no need to actually wanting permissions to <clears throat> send SMSs or to make calls on your behalf or to, you know, track your location. And so it becomes a, a risk-based decision to say, okay, well, you know, is the benefit of this application that I'm going to get uh, worth the risk of, of giving it these permissions 
or is there another application that I can find that, uh, you know, is more widely used and uh, has, uh, has you know, fewer permissions? But I think what has got gotten a lot better um, on, on the mobile security side now is, uh, you know, previously you would install an application and it would just have those permissions and could use them whenever they, you know, whenever the application wanted to. And now Apple and, and Google <clears throat> have introduced a model where, you know, it'll, it'll periodically remind you that this application is trying to, you know, listen to your microphone or make a call or make a network connection. So it's getting a bit better, but ultimately it comes down to, you know, do you actually look at those alerts and, you know, do you understand what they mean and, and, uh, do you respond appropriately? Now let's talk about some of the more traditional things that that we we focus on this time of year. Uh, if if you are part of any kind of WhatsApp group, I'm sure you would have been getting things doing the rounds about people getting caught on on phone scams. How how mm-hmm. common are those at the moment, and have they been getting more sophisticated? Particularly when you have people saying, "Oh, look, you know, your bank account is not working, or your problem with your card." Mm-hmm. We we have some of the details. That's traditional, but I think it's still a big threat when it comes to cybersecurity. Yeah, there's, you know, there's a hell of a lot of that going around and it's just an evolution, uh, you know, having moved from, uh, you know, email spam and there's still tons of that to, to now, you know, going after your, your, using your mobile phone as a, as a delivery mechanism. So, you know, those are the kinds, you know, typically what these, uh, what these lures uh, try to do, or these, or these, you know, phishing emails and spam emails, or, or or instant messages try to do, is to create, uh, you know, some tension uh, and some anxiety in your life by uh, trying to put you into a situation where you have to respond quickly because you're worried about losing access to your bank account or something like that, and uh, and then you respond in the moment and uh, and, and make the wrong decision. So, you know, it's, it's important to kind of step back from these types of messages and look at them and, you know, does this actually make sense? And, uh, and, and then respond appropriately. And, you know, generally that's the response is, is don't click on those links, uh, because, you know, they, they can be made to look like your, you know, legitimate internet banking, uh, website. Rather open your browser and go and type in, you know, www.fnb.coza or, you know, standardbank.com and, uh, and, and directly access those, uh, those websites. And of course, you know, I guess the banks repeat this ad nauseum, but they don't, they never ask for, for passwords. They never ask for, uh, sort of numbers on the, on the cards, uh, like the, the, the back, the, the, the mm-hmm. numbers, the path, that sort of thing. They just don't do that. So regardless of the situation, just if you get that sort of question, it's worth just breathing in. Correct. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, the websites are always the safest or, or going to, you know, the application as it may be on the, on the mobile phone and, and interacting through a, sort of channel that's a lot more trusted than something like a, a WhatsApp message, an SMS or a or an email. And I think you know another thing that's that's also important is you know around things like your uh you know giving out your credit card details and you know when purchasing online. 
you know, I, I prefer not to give out my credit card details because I think that every time you do that, you're trusting that uh, the provider or the online store that you're going to, um, you know, needs to protect that. And we all know that, uh, you know, a lot of these sites get hacked on a, you know, not so much the more reputable ones who uh, expend a lot of time and effort and money on securing their their online presence, but some of the less reputable ones, uh, you know, they don't uh, they don't secure them as well. So it's important to, you know, I think in this age we've got a lot more flexibility. I mean, if I go onto a site like uh, like Take a Lot. Um, I don't have to give my credit card details because I can pay using MasterPass um, or Zapper. So I can open up the app on my phone and scan a code that's presented to me on my on my computer screen, and uh, and pay that way. Uh, so you know these are the kinds of things that I would recommend people do. Is is uh, you know wherever possible, don't give out your credit card information. Use other facilities. Um, and a lot of the banks have also introduced these uh, virtual cards, which are brilliant, because you can go to a, a website and you can enter a, uh, a virtual credit card number with a, a card verification code on the back, three-digit code, or the CVV, uh, the, the, the um, card verification value, and that changes every hour or every 24 hours. So effectively, I'll, that's a, a one-off use. I want to talk a, more, a little bit more about that because I think that is, that is a crucial question. We just, um, but we are talking, to, we're just going to take a short break and we'll be back just off. This is the new blue review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 high FM. We're talking today to Performata uh, and Stephen, uh, Stephen, uh, St- Stephen, sorry, Stephen, how do you, I, I didn't actually it's make a- sure I could. No, no, no problem. It's, uh, it's Stephen Kreuch from, uh, Perfumanta. Kreuch, that was, uh, I wasn't sure how to do the surname. Now, Stephen, just before the break, we, you started a fascinating tangent, something new, which I think is, is of interest, you know, to say, to, all of a sudden, to we, we're in a pandemic, people are not sure how to do, uh, you know, of having to come online, do online shopping. There is a range of online things. Uh, so are you suggesting, first of all, that you don't suggest that people do these sort of online shopping uh, experiences if you have to use your credit card. And Signal, you, you started on these on these virtual credit cards, which I think is a very interesting uh, opportunity for further s- securing. So, so just maybe g- give us a bit more information about how that works and if people are starting to apply for them and that sort of thing. So first of all, you know, I, I have no problem with uh, with online shopping. I use it extensively myself. Um, I made three online purchases last week, uh, but in each case, I, you know, I, I used a, a mechanism that uh, allows me to transact without having to give my credit card details over to uh, to, to the online merchant. And so, you know, th- there are a range of those. I've mentioned things like Masterpass and Zappa, where you can scan codes, uh, QR codes, and, and transact that way. Um, and, you know, the virtual card approach is, is something that the banks have introduced in order to, uh, to, to dramatically reduce the risk of giving out your credit card and your CVV. Now, if somebody has your, your primary account number, which is the 16 digits on the front of your credit card, and if they have the CVV, which is the three digits on the back of your card, then they can go and transact in 
what is termed card not present transactions. So effectively, that's what you're doing when you buy stuff online is the merchant, you know, can't actually uh, validate that you're physically in, in possession of the card. It's a card not present transaction. And if, you know, when you do that, um, that those details might be stored in a database somewhere by that vendor. And if that vendor gets hacked, then your uh, credit card details get out there and then they sold on the dark web and the criminal underground and you know you might uh, you can go and buy a million credit cards uh credit card uh you know details on 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 the underground and then use that to to transact as a you know as a criminal so what the virtual cards do is it's a separate number from your credit card your normal credit card it is linked to your credit card but it has a CVV that changes every 24 hours or every hour. And so, you know, you use that credit card number and CVV instead when you transact online. And so that those details are only valid for that one hour period or that 24 hour period. After that, if somebody steals them, they can't use it because that CVV value has changed. So, you know, it's a, it's a really good way of, um, allowing you to still transact in a normal way by entering a credit card, uh, entering credit card details, but not resulting in that exposure of giving out your CVV for your normal physical credit card. And, you know, that doesn't change. So those are some great, uh, tips that, um, that you're suggesting. Now let's talk about the most, uh, perhaps important one. Uh, or important issue just right at the moment, um, which is the fact that people are wanting to go on holiday. It's been a long year, um, and I think hopefully if there's no more corona issues, um, then, then people will be able to go on holiday, and and we want them to be able to do that safely as well. So mm-hmm. what are some of the basic things that you can do to make sure that going on holiday you can do it safely and and, and just give yourself a bit of extra security and given that you're not, you're not supposed to be treating it like a normal, uh, from a banking perspective, normal time period. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think it's really just an extension of the, the, the normal, uh, advice, which is, uh, you know, keep your, your software up to date, whether this is your, your PC or it's your, um, with, or your smartphone. And, uh, you know, use things like a password manager so that you don't have the same password for a whole bunch of sites. Because if one gets broken into and your password gets stolen from that one, uh, you don't want, you know, somebody to be able to log into a different site, um, you know, sites B or C or D. And, you know, I imagine that a lot of your listeners uh, are, are using, you know, something like Gmail or um Hotmail or Outlook.com, uh, and you know your mail is an absolutely uh, critical component of your security because if somebody wants to you know reset a password or get access to your account, uh, you know say like an uh, you know an online banking account or an online shopping account, that password quite often is going to be sent to your mailbox. So it's important to you know, protect your mailbox. And a lot of these providers like Gmail, uh, like Outlook.com provide multi-factor authentication. And that's just an app that sits on your phone so that, you know, when you log in to your mail, 
you enter your username and password, uh, but you'll get a prompt on your phone to confirm that uh, it is, in fact, you who logged on or is trying to log on. So, you know, that's one of the things that I would recommend that everybody do is is turn on multi-factor authentication. Uh, sometimes it's called TFA, uh, two-factor authentication and uh, uh, protect your mailbox. Yeah, absolutely. Mailbox protection, two-factor. You, you kind of already do it when you're doing it in the bank. They, they send it through to you that way. So uh, mm. it's not, not unusual. It's just putting it into more and more places. Also, Correct. just going away, um, Stefan, there's a, there's a few other options that you can also do uh, that, that are interesting. One suggestion uh, that I've seen you guys talking about is literally getting a separate card for when you're traveling um, and and spending on that. Now, that might be useful, I think, even from some other perspectives, because it means you might not overspend if you uh, have a different card. Um, (laughs) But it also has a safety element to it as well. Correct. So, you know, if you can, if you get a second card, uh, you know, choose one with a, a bank that allows you to set a very low credit limit on that card and then just top it up from your, you know, your, your check account as you, um, as you need it. So, you know, that way, uh, if that card gets stolen, you, uh, you, you, you limit, um, you know, the access to, to your main accounts. And, uh, you know, having recently been the victim of, uh, of, uh, hijacking, uh, where my card was taken, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's something you don't necessarily think about until it actually happens to you. So, yeah, I, it's something that I would recommend. The other thing which I think people get caught on often uh, is is public Wi-Fi. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you need to you need to do something. You're trying to to get on, uh, and so you you go into the restaurant's Wi-Fi and you do it. But and for most transactions, not transactions, but for most interactions on the internet, that's fine. Uh, but it can mm-hmm. be a risk if you want to do banking or something like that. Can you explain a bit more on that issue? Yeah, so the, the, the basic idea is uh, something that we in the security industry refer to as man-in-the-middle attacks. So when you're doing uh, you know, internet banking, uh, that should be a transaction between two parties, yourself and the bank. Uh, but when you use uh, you know, untrusted networks, you uh, get yourself into a situation where a man-in-the-middle attack can take place. And this is where uh, an untrusted network can pretend to be the bank and then sit in the middle of that transaction. So, for example, you might be logging on. You're actually logging on to the attacker's uh, clone of the Internet banking. And as you transact and you enter your, you know, your multi-factor authentication details, now you're logged on, uh, and you might choose a payment beneficiary and, uh, you know, make a payment. In the background, what's happening is the, uh, attacker's website is pretending to do that, but is using your credentials to do something else. So the, the way around that is to, uh, make use of, of one of the more reputable, you know, free VPN providers. You can obviously sign up and use a, a, a paid-for uh, VPN service, but a lot of the, the good ones like ExpressVPN, 
or uh, Proton VPN and and other similar ones uh, will give you a uh, a free account, which you know isn't going to allow you to go and download you know the latest episode of whatever series you're watching on Netflix, but it is going to give you enough uh, data to be able to securely access uh, your bank. There, there is a question that I had that, that, that I think a lot is interesting to a lot of people is the question around, um, around free virus, antivirus software, these sorts of programs. I mean, if you're getting the free version of something, is it, is it really that useful? Does, does it help in any way? It, it definitely helps, but you know, when it comes to, uh, the smartphones, most of the time you've got, uh, you've got some built-in antivirus and, and built-in malware protection. And, and that's, you know, generally, uh, good enough. And, uh, you know, you could go off and buy something else if you wanted to. When it comes to PCs, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people will, will go and download something that's free when in reality, if you're running, running something like Windows 10, you've already got Windows Defender, uh, on, on the PC and Windows Defender is, is a really good antivirus. So, you know, I, I generally, uh, and for the family members who, you know, whose PCs I uh, support from an IT point of view, uh, I stick with Windows Defender because it's uh, it's good. It's kept up, you know, as long as you keep it up to date, it'll update in the in the background, and uh, it's a it's a really good solution. So it's not that uh, you know some of these free antivirus uh, you know software that, that's available that they necessarily bad. It's just that you need to check that it's it's actually a, a, a good one, and so there are standard um, uh, like sort of uh, benchmarking organizations that test antivirus on a monthly basis. So you you generally want to go out there and search you know Google for something like uh, you know anti antivirus comparative testing. Very very interesting stuff, Stephen. Just a last question: If people want to find out more information on this topic, if there's uh, parts of this conversation with the interest of them, where can they get more info? Well, they can go to perfomanta.com, www.perfomanta.com and have a look at our blog. And, uh, and then our Twitter handle is at perfomantasec. Great stuff, Kroich. He is from Perfomanta giving us some very important tips about how to stay cyber safe this holiday season. Thanks so much, Stephen.